Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. Shalom Aleichem. That's right. Shalom. That's right. So uh, this week, we've got some cool stuff going on. The day we're recording, we're actually recording on Thursday. And uh, as those of you that listen regularly know, we normally put out our podcast on Tuesday. So it is my fault. I do apologize. I was a little under the weather, but I did get tested and I didn't have COVID. That's right. That goes for both of us. I was just good old fashioned, not feeling hot. The dynamic duo. That's right, baby. Um, anyway, so, uh, today is day 14 of Teshuvah and our 14th day of the Daniel fast. That's right, folks. Those of you that are keeping count, we have made it through two weeks of our three week Daniel fast. Only one more week to go. We can do this. That's right. Oh, sometimes I get a little, we can do it. Little. It's gone by pretty fast. <laughs> you know, you say three quarters of the way. Uh, or at least well, two, two thirds, of the, two way. thirds of the way, two yeah. thirds of the way. Yeah. We don't want to go 28 days. Yeah. I'd have trouble splitting 21 into quarters anyways. So that's right. Sevens. Yeah. It'd be like something. I don't know. Five. Why are we doing the Daniel fast, Ryan? What two reasons? Ooh, thank you for asking for the people of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. <laughs> you got it. You're such a good disciple. Well, you know why we do that, right? Because that's why Daniel fasted. This is good. Yeah. 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 Daniel fasted for the people of Israel. Thank you. And the city of Jerusalem. Gabriel. So, um, a couple other things going on. Uh, first and foremost, um, a member of our congregation, Mr. Larry Miller, has uh, gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, you guys have heard the past couple weeks, we've been playing some of his music uh, at the end of the podcast. And so we just want to extend our condolences to Connie, his wife, and to all of his family members. Um, we just, we absolutely loved Larry here. And, uh, you know, we're really just jealous because Larry has all the answers now. And here we are uh, still making That's podcasts. That's why we weep. Yeah. That's why we cry. Exactly right. So uh, we will be having a memorial service for Larry uh, on Tuesday the 8th at 4 p.m. here at Beit Tehila. And, uh, and so we encourage all of those of you who uh, know uh, Larry, know the family, to please come and pay your respects and celebrate the l- wonderful life of Larry Miller uh, with us. Also, um, we have a guest coming, uh, September 12th, Lars and Narsen. Now, Lars and Narsen is an author, and he wrote a couple books. Yes, and he's actually, his organization is called Watchmen International. Watchmen, which they pray 24 hours a day in Jerusalem. There's a lot of things going on with prayer, yeah, in that, in that organization. Yeah, but I think that they have people Watchmen stationed there yeah. at their place 24 hours a day praying. Something like that, I've heard it. But um, so he's written two books that I've read, um, but he also has a whole media and publishing company. And so I know that he's been a pretty prolific author from there. Um, But the first book that I read of his 
uh, was called The Joy of the Whole Earth, which is about the city of Jerusalem and gives uh, some history and makes a pretty good case that uh, the city of Jerusalem was the original site of the Garden of Eden. And so I encourage anybody that hasn't read that or doesn't understand. Very the, methodical. Yeah, very good. Very good. And it, tons and tons of scripture. I think it exhausts you with scripture. I mean, you have, by some it, point. It's, no, it's really, really good. It's good reading. Yeah, no, he does. Basically, really, you, you close the book and say, you know, Jerusalem's important. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? There's, there's no Where doubt, have I been? No doubt about that. Especially as a Christian, you know? Yeah. I mean, where did Christianity start? It started was it Mumbai? in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you, you win. <laughs> Stop. Wow. So um, the other book that I read by him, which is a very good book, and I think we have both of these books in the marketplace. Oh, when he comes, I'm going to have him autograph it. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe we can work in a little podcast with Lars and Maybe Arson. we could work oh, in a little Oh, it's going to happen. I can see it now. I can see it now, too. So um, the other book was called The Stumbling Stone. It is by uh, Lars and Arson. And... Uh, this is the scriptural testimony of the divinity of Messiah. Now, this is pretty cool because I think within the Hebrew roots, uh, there's the question of whether or not Jesus is Yahweh divinity. and Yahweh is Jesus and the divinity of Yeshua. And this book actually takes it from a uh, more of a Hebraic understanding, a Jewish understanding, and shows why from the scriptures that Yeshua is, uh, is God. And I think that's just an awesome, awesome, awesome book. And it's the stumbling stone mentioning that that is the big stumbling stone that prevents the Jewish people from coming to faith in Yeshua the way that we have faith in him. Um, is yeah, the actually check out Lars and Arson and Watchmen uh, International because uh, you can get on their email list and they'll show you the latest scoop, the latest insight, the latest discernment in what to pray for in regards to Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Absolutely, absolutely. And his son-in-law... Uh, Doran Kadar, Doran Kadar has the organization called Cry for Zion. Yeah, which we also support and like those That's guys right. over there. An so, advocate, man, activist. Man, what a what a bunch of stuff there in the beginning. I know. Normally we just jump right in, but this week we had oh, some it, stuff there's a lot going on. going on. All right, so let's jump in. We're studying the Torah portion this week, Ki Tavo, which means when you enter. It can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 26 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 29 and verse 9. Once again, just a little quick review here as we are, of course, going to be closing out the book of Deuteronomy here this month. It's the book of remembrance. So these are the words of a dying man. Moses is going to go be with the Lord. He's going to be taken by the Lord uh, and, of course, uh, ascend into heaven. But we're talking about a book that was written within five weeks. And it, of course, uh, is on the tail end of the book of Numbers there. And so these are his last and final words. I would say almost like a cliff note version of all the main points that he wanted to make to Israel uh, for that time and for, for even us today that are having the Torah written on our minds and our hearts. Once again, this book is broken up into four parts. Uh, part one is chapters one through four. It's the remembrances of the past. We've covered all that. We go into chapter four and verse 44 all the way through chapter 26. These are commandments for the present. This is part two of the book of Deuteronomy. Part three is the one we're going to be tapping into today. Uh, actually, we're going to be going, I believe, from uh, actually part two to three. Uh, part three is options affecting the future, chapters 27 through 30. Chapters 31 through 34 are the parting words of Moses. Uh, five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. Oh, this is so important. Remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. So, without further ado, we're going to jump right into the subject matter here and get into some really good stuff. 
uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 9, we have the harvest offerings. Once again, the harvest offerings. So we're the children of Israel to bring the first of all the fruit of the earth to the priest after they enter the promised land. Yes. The answer is yes. You know, they had manna up until the time that they went into the promised land. As soon as they entered into the promised land, they would get to, of course, uh, plant their crops and do all the other things and, and enjoy the harvest. The priest was to put the basket that contained the first fruits before the altar of the Lord. Once again, the priest was to put the basket that contained the first fruits before the altar of the Lord. Deuteronomy 26, verse 4. And then in Deuteronomy 26, verse 12, in the third year, a special tithe was collected. Wow, we have tithes and offerings and different things going on in the Old Testament. It's kind of funny how people just, they can't even tithe today. You know, uh, they can't even uh, tithe. And oh, God forbid I have to give an offering. Oh, there's a guest speaker, a tithe and give him an offering. So there's some uh, really, really, uh, there's some good stuff here in the Old Testament and in, in Deuteronomy especially uh, in regards to the Torah and giving. So this you know? being a special tithe, was a tithe collected above the regular tithe? Wow, you could even make up for your tithe and then give 20% above that. Wow. It's kind of interesting, you know? Like, let's say something happens, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I, I got to pay back this tithe. You can do like a, you know, it's almost like a loan tithe. Yeah. And then you just add 20% to it. Restitution, actually, because it was stolen. Well, it's restitution. <laughs> yeah. it. It's not yeah. a loan. So, and let me just share this with all of you. You know, I, I got the revelation years ago. I mean, I, I don't know how many years ago, but enough years to put it into play. Think of your life as a sacrifice, as an offering. And do we bring our best? Just like me just coming to the office. Am I going to bring my best? Am I going to get things done? Am I going to be, you know, precise and, 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 and get the things done that I need to get done uh, to be organized and get my priority list in, in order? You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added into you. Been getting some great revelation throughout this Daniel fast and some different ideas and things, you know, uh, and all you're getting, get understanding. That's what the Bible says. So think about that for all of you. You know, don't just slip into a service and do Shabbat and don't really give give of yourself and give your best. You know, um, I like to make my rounds and do some things. You know, I can pick up trash. I can, you know, I did some things around here at the, at the, at the church office and, and, and just it was really, really exciting. So moving on here, what two things flowed from the land? Well, that would be milk. And honey. I tell you what, I, that is so relevant for me today, but not during the Daniel fast. You know, I would have my 20 ounces of coffee in the morning with my milk. And then at night, I would have some, uh, uh, my Earl Grey tea or some tea in the early evening. And I would have my honey. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to, for those of you that are struggling with allergies and, and sinus problems. Uh, the first thing you got to do is, is know that um, you, if you take the local honey, it helps to build up the resistance to those things. Uh, if you do uh, inge start ingesting at least a couple uh, tablespoons of honey every day, the local honey, you'll notice your allergies will do, you'll do so much better. Uh, I swear by that. So think about that. Also, if you guys are having some sinus problems, remember uh, through Dr. Henry Wright or Pastor Henry Wright, who went on to be with the Lord, he had over 30 years of experience of studying people and getting to the root of the problem. And he has come up with a uh, very interesting observation through all these years that sinus problems, a constant, uh, you know, uh, problems with the sinuses or that area is fear of failure. So what he told me was, he says, you know, you have to come up with this mantra. You have to say these things to get it in your spirit to get to the root of the problem. Basically, what I was told to say is basically, um, you know, I'm not a failure. I am a success. I'm a son of God. 
that you might be a daughter of God. So you have to say that mantra. You have to say it, you know, because it's a statement. It's a statement of faith. You know, the mantra means a statement. So if you say that, you're going to understand and feel better as you move along. And I tell you, it really changed my life, Ryan. And you may feel funny about it when you do it, but here's what you need to remember. There is another voice that is telling you something contrary to what the Word of God tells you. And so when you speak the Word of God, you start to believe the Word of God. Because faith comes by what? By hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so it's important to recognize that it's not just about, hey, I've read that before, hey, I know what God says about me. No, no, no. You have to say it out loud so that you can hear it. Right. And I was just looking up the word mantra just so nobody gets freaked out over here. It's a statement or slogan repeated frequently. But here's the thing. Originally in Hinduism and Buddhism, a word or sound repeated to aid concentration in meditation. Maybe we could find another word. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to use it in context. It's, it's a statement or slogan repeated frequently. Just, Thanks, Ryan. Just Someone, said. I just, I just did an edit without editing. Yeah. I, you like that? Well, that was good. You fact-checked yourself live. Yeah, you know, you know? what I mean? They could do that during, like, like, the debates. Pastor Nick's a Buddhist. Um, no, no. I no, think, he's not. I think. Listen, I've, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. So in English, we have these things called connotations and denotations. Do you know that? No. Wow. So the denotation is the literal meaning of a word, and the connotation is the widely accepted meaning of a word. Wow. Right? Interesting. So mantra so just keep be, that in mind have a connotation of what you know, yeah you so just keep that in mind just just i'm not a failure i'm a success i'm a son of god or i'm a daughter of god so god's people are to keep the following five things this is what it says in deuteronomy 26 17 um i think it's let's see here well we don't want to do any of those things but anyway it's just to walk in his ways keep his statutes his commandments his judgments hearken to his voice Boy, that is the key thing, Ryan, via the Holy Spirit, because, you know, the Bible's not going to tell you where to go or what to do. He's not going to tell you, like, okay, uh, call this person or go here or go there. That's why we need to hearken to his voice, mm. because you could have a lot of knowledge but not know where to go with it. Yeah, I mean, the most surefire way to know the will of God is to read his word, um, because I think that when you're getting an unction of the Holy Spirit, people want to know, well, how do I know when it's God and how do I know when it's something else? Well, test it by the Word of God, and then you'll be in, uh, in, a good, in a good way, a good path, so to speak. So it's so important. There's so many voices out there. You know, that's one of the biggest battles I've learned with people when they come and talk with me, that they're hearing these voices and telling them they're not good enough and God doesn't love them and they're not going to make it. All these crazy voices. And I'm thinking, would a, would a true good earthly father even say those things? No, he wouldn't in common sense. You want to lift up your children and believe in them, you know. So if you're hearing those kind of voices, everyone, get them out of your head. Tell them to vacate. Hit the road. Adios, amigos. Get out. You know, hearken to his voice, okay? Because he's always going to encourage, and that's what's important. And because of this, we have, of course, what kind of people were the children of Israel? Uh, the children of Israel were a peculiar people. They are a peculiar people, which in the Hebrew is segula. They are a unique possession. Now, Segula is very interesting, you know. Um, it actually, uh, if, if Ryan wants to look that up in the uh, Strong's Concordance, Ooh. 5459 Segula. And I'm going to give you the little connotation or the real meaning of this. It's also found in Exodus 19.5. 
Uh, and I'll read Exodus 19.5 while he's going to get the de definition there. Exodus 19.5. I've got the definition here. All right, hold, hold on. Oh, okay. Let me just do this first. And then we're going to kind of give you an idea of what this truly means. So you're going to get excited. In Exodus 19.5, Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Wow, a peculiar treasure. If you do what? Obey his voice and keep his covenant. See, so many people might be keeping his covenant, but they're not hearing his voice. I'll give an example of this real quick before we get the definition. When we talk about the restoration of regathering the whole house of Israel, when we talk about the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles, some people just aren't involved. Well, they're not hearing God's voice because that's what God's voice is telling us. There's got to be reconciliation between Jews and Gentiles. So, Ryan, check it out. So, segula, the connotation is he doesn't put you on his finger like a ring or a bracelet around his wrist. He doesn't put you around his neck like a necklace, okay? What he's doing is he has it in his hand. It's a special jewel. Mm. And so I'm, I'm telling you that because Ryan's going to give the, the, the definition here in the, in the Hebrew, segula, for peculiar, that is that actual meaning. That's right. So it's, uh, it says to shut up. To well, shut up means to close your hand. As, as like wealth is as closely shut up or closed up. Um, a jewel, peculiar treasure, um, a proper good or special thing. Um, it says here, the primary meaning of the word theologically is its designation, unique possession. God has made Israel his own unique possession, and it does reference Exodus 19.5. Uh, Israel holds a special position among the nations of the world. Although all nations belong to the Lord, Israel's position, function, character, responsibility, and calling creates its uniqueness. You know, this is so interesting because I, I think of this to be shut up, you know. Uh, and, and, of course, The Princess Diaries, it's a very interesting uh, movie about a young nerdy girl who finds out that she's a princess and that uh, she'll be queen one day. So she's sitting, of course, uh, there, and uh, she is actually told that she is a princess and everything. And she says, shut up. Yeah, that's right. And it's almost like, yeah, shut up. Like, it, it shut up in your hand. To shut up means to close your hand. And it's interesting because... The Bible says nobody can snatch us out of his hand because he's holding us. Right. What a special jewel, you know. So that's, that's an interesting observation. And so he goes on to say, actually, and Deuteronomy 26, 19, and to make thee high above all nations which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor, and that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord thy God as he hath spoken. You know, I was looking up that word remnant. And, and, and actually, the definition is to take a, a group of people out of a, a larger group of people to make them into a smaller group. And they're also a, a remnant means uh, to be taken out for like a special assignment or a job, you know. And that's what we're seeing all the way across the board here, all over the world. We're seeing that God is calling us out uh, not to go rioting and looting but to expand the kingdom of God and to be obedient, to hear his voice. And I do believe to come to the aid of the Jewish people. Ryan, got any thoughts on that? Um, well, I think that uh, the fact that we are what God says we are uh, should be a big deal. And I think that a lot of people, um, you know, have had mixed emotions about what is the proper attitude of a Christian when it comes to self-esteem or self-confidence. 
And really, our confidence is in Yeshua and what he has done for us. And I think that, that it's important to, to keep that in mind, that he is the one that makes us what we are and who we are. And so our confidence is in him and our trust is in him. And with that, um, you know, we can, we can uh, be what he's called us to be. That's right, because we're his children. Correct. He wants his own kids. He wants his kids back. Jezreel. That's right. And so I think that um, the other side of that is how is it that we become that special possession of his? It's because we choose him. Um, You know, the only prerequisite to salvation through Yeshua the Messiah is to choose him, to believe on him, and to receive the free gift that he gives you of salvation. And I think that it's an important understanding that... Um, that all you have to do is receive that, and you don't actually have to do anything for it. And so what is keeping the covenant at that point? Keeping the covenant is keeping Yeshua, and you've essentially given up your whole life to him in in order to, to make this deal, so to speak. So why would God choose a people that would be above all others for keeping his covenant and hearing his voice? Mm. I say twofold, and this is, this is the answer to the question, Ryan. God wants a people for his name's sake. Amen. He wants his children and he wants them to do it his way. Number two, because of that, we become a sign in the earth because we are fulfilling prophecies. Because it says that a people would come out of the nations in the last days and return back to the Lord. And that's what Teshuva is all about. So what do you think about that, Ryan? I mean, think about that. Number one, he wants his own children. He wants his children, you know, uh, because what Yeshua has done, he's renewed this, 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 betrothal of this marriage covenant again through his death, burial, and resurrection. And number two, because we are having torment in our minds and our hearts, we are a sign in the earth to tell the other people around us, the heathens, the nations, the Gentiles as well, hey, you better get right because the Messiah is coming. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the key. God wants to partner with somebody that is going to be a light uh, unto the nations for his namesake. And I think that, that's the key is it's partnership with him. And in order to be in partnership with him, you have to be in covenant with him and be listening to his voice. And so I think that's, it's pretty self-explanatory. From that, right. From and that it's regard. really, really pleasing to know that you're hearing his voice and keeping his covenant. It does bring shalom. It does bring comfort. So we're going to move on to Deuteronomy chapter 27, verses 1 through 10. Here we have the altar at Mount Ebal, the altar at Mount Ebal. Now notice we're making this transition uh, in regards to part three of the book of Deuteronomy which consists of chapters 27 through 30. So we're kicking off this this chapter, this particular part of Deuteronomy. These are options affecting the future. So Ryan, what was put on stones with plaster after they entered the promised land? All the words of the law. All the words of this law. And of course, what was to be built at Mount Ebal? Uh, Well, it was an altar. That's right. You know, Ryan, how about if you do this? Let's go to the book of Joshua, and let's look at Joshua's altar that's going to be built uh, just like Moses says it would be. In Joshua chapter 8, verses 30 through 35, Ryan's going to read those verses. Uh, And just a little tidbit here, we've had the opportunity to go to Joshua's altar as a congregation. I have not been because I I missed two opportunities. I've seen it through binoculars. Okay, Ryan's seen it through binoculars. Well, my son Nehemiah has actually been on top of it and taking pictures and everything. And I do believe it was 2018. Next time, next time. Yeah. So go ahead and read Joshua chapter 8, verses 30 through 35 in regards to this incredible altar that was discovered, uh, archaeologically speaking, in Israel at Mount Ebal. 
All right. Then Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Abel. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man hath lift up any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And he wrote thereupon the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. And all Israel and their elders and officers and their judges stood on the side of the ark and on that side before the priests and the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And as well, the stranger as he was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gerizim and half of them over against Mount Abel, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all of the words of the law, the blessings and cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not before the congregation of Israel with women and the little ones and strangers that were uh, conversant, conversant among them. You know, it's interesting. So an altar shows ownership. It means ownership. Mm. So when you built the altar, it's attached to the earth. So what's happening is he's saying, Joshua, I want you to build this altar, you know, out of stones that are cut out without tools or anything and build this thing. And uh, I'm going to show you that I'm the owner. You're going to show ownership is the Lord. And so I think that's fascinating. And then what would the enemy do? Uh, Satan would come in at times of, you know, distress and he would get the people to serve other gods and do all these bad things and break the covenant and I hear God's voice. And he said, you know, uh, they would go and build all these altars. So it was like a slap in the face to Yahweh to say, look at all these foreign altars. And, and Satan's just over there snickering, just laughing, like, look, who's really got ownership now, you know? Yeah. So, so that's something to think about. And so the following six tribes were to stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. Once again, Hayovel is located on Mount Gerizim. If you get a chance, go online, check out Joshua's altar. Check out Mount Gerizim and check out Hayovel. They're on the Mount of Blessing, which is the border of Ephraim and Manasseh to the north. Uh, this is who the six tribes were. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. Now, the following six tribes were to stand on Mount Ebal to curse or to pronounce the curse if you don't keep it. Mount Ebal is not cursed. Nothing is cursed in Israel. Okay, It's all blessed. But to pronounce the curse, they have these six witnesses. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. So just remember that. Uh, Mount Ebal was to pronounce the curse and Mount Gerizim to bless the people. So mm. you're going to be cursed or you're going to be blessed depending on your, of course, uh, circumstances and your decision making. Um, a person was cursed for removing his neighbor's landmark. A person was cursed for perverting the judgment on the stranger, fatherless and widow. You know, um, I had a situation where uh, there was a widow in our congregation and something had happened to her by another, uh, you know, person from the congregation and basically the lord was like you're going to have to ask this person to leave because she has brought harm to the widow yeah and you've given her a chance and now she's been asked to leave so uh this is just something to learn uh for all of us find out who the fatherless are and find out who the widows are uh and always give kindness to strangers you know uh and so think about that so it's very very important you know when esther uh, was, of course, in the court, in, in the Persian court, and she was, of course, the queen. Haman didn't know she was an orphan. Uh, 
mm-hmm. or even Jewish for that matter. Right. And so he really, really, really made some bad decisions. So what happened to Haman? Because the punishment is it'll come back on you and your children. Right. If you bring harm to a widow or the fatherless. Now think about that. The punishment was you would be punished along with your children. That's what happened to Haman. He was hung along with his sons. Right. Uh, boy, that's a lesson to be learned right there. Uh, a person was cursed for lying with his sister. Once again, we have a person was cursed for lying with his sister. In Deuteronomy 27, 26, this is what it says. Cursed be he that confirmeth not all the words of the law to do them. And all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Now, how many people are ignorant to the Torah? Uh, most. But I would say this would fall into that category. Uh, yes. I mean, think about it. Oh, well, you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do anything. But the if is there. Oh, for if sure. If you do this, you get that. If you do that, you get this. Well, these are spiritual laws. And I think that right. that's, that's an overlooked idea within you know the greater body of Christ that the law of God is, is loving instructions from a father to his children. And when we look here and, it, and everybody says, oh, well, because if you break one law, you break them all. Because it says right here, cursed is he that confirmeth not all the words of the law, right? That's right. And, and they misconstrue that for meaning that somehow that the law was done away with because you broke one command. So now just go ahead and break all the rest of them because you already broke them all. You know, to me, that's a sign in the earth, Ryan, when, when Torah is a movement and it's all over the world and people are responding to this. Just that in itself, even if they go south or they become Torah terrorists, you still can't deny the fact that Torah is being written on minds and hearts. Absolutely. Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8. So we're going to jump right into Deuteronomy chapter 28, the blessing for obedience. We're going to kick this thing off. Uh, once again, the, the blessing for obedience is found in verses 1 through 14, but the punishment for disobedience is verses 15 to 68. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Oh, I'm not going to get into that. You know, it's funny. I remember, oh. has, you know, on Shabbat, one of the, you know, depending on, you know, whose house you go to for Shabbat dinner, some people read the Torah portion, some people don't. And uh, I've been in the situation where, hey, we're reading the Torah portion that night. And guess what? This is the Torah portion. And let me just tell you how much fun it is to sit there and read all the, who, who gets to read the blessings and who gets to read the cursings. You know what I mean? Well, I'll tell you what, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and, and, and we can do this. Let's go ahead and read verses one through nine. And of course, there are 14 uh, verses in regards to, the, to obedience to the blessing, a blessing for obedience. But we're not going to read all of it. But let's go ahead just for the sake of time. Let's read how good it's going to be uh, just for the first nine verses of chapter 28. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do the commercial not the warnings. You know what I'm saying? Not, not the, the, the fine print at the end. Yeah, we're going to touch on the disobedience in a minute here. So, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, <laughs> that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when uh, thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to, uh, to be smitten, before thy face, they shall come out against thee on uh, one way and flee from thee seven ways. 
The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. All right. Ryan, it's all yours, buddy. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I've heard Go that ahead. that string. It's your turn. I've heard that string taken out of context. I don't know how many times. You know, hey, listen, the enemy's going to come at you, and they're going to turn back around and flee seven ways. You know, I mean, I've heard this. Yeah, if you're obedient. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Obedient to what? The if Torah? You're not, you'll be the seven sons of Sceva. If you want hmm, things. Paul but... we know, and Jesus we know, but who are you? Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so what was going to overtake the children of Israel if they were obedient to the Lord? Blessings. Who wants the blessings? Ding, 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 me, ding, ding. me, pick me. Blessings. I want them. I want the blessings. All right. So the children of Israel shall be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. That means like blessed in the, some, some people are a little bit uh, country. Some people are a little bit rock and roll. Right now, our cities are not blessed, especially <laughs> run by Democrats. Ooh, yeah. No, it doesn't seem the Democratic cities are not doing well. Not doing well. No. Portland, Seattle, Chicago. Trouble in doggy land. Yeah. The latest is Kenosha. I didn't even know there was a city called Kenosha. Oh, man. Here we go. So people would be afraid of Israel. Oh, ain't that the case now? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we talked about this on Monday night, Ryan, and then you can continue on. But we talked about in Egypt, there's like 90 million people. Yeah. So why can't they just do a mass exodus up north and just take over the country? Nuclear weapons, IDF. I don't think you could stop 90 million people from taking the land. So have you ever thought about the neighbors of Israel, that they're afraid of Israel? Yeah. There's something holding them back? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what the population is of Jordan. They're at peace with Jordan right now. But even with Hezbollah, they said there's 185,000 rockets facing towards Israel. Yeah. But, but, but they never shoot That's them. unbelievable. Yeah, they don't shoot them. But that's through intelligence. So just think about it, everybody. When, when you are grafted into the olive tree, people are afraid of you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why they treat you the way they do, everyone. Don't take it personal. It's spiritual warfare. You know, and people hate fear. the sin, right? Love the sinner. You know, if they're being influenced by the enemy, we got to get the enemy out so they right. can come to their senses. You know, remember Nebuchadnezzar? He was the great Nebuchadnezzar, and then he became a beast for seven years, a beast of the field. You know, and and so once again, uh, people are going to be afraid of you. They're going to, you know, the the, the, the haters are going to hate, right, Ryan? And the people haters are going to hate. Fear and criticize what they don't understand. Yes, they criticize what they don't understand. That's right. So be encouraged. So the children of Israel would be plenteous in three areas, in the fruit of their body, in the fruit of their cattle, and the fruit of the ground. And in verse 13, it says this, it says, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and, shall, uh, and thou shalt be above, above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day, to observe and to do them. Now, that's a good little saying to say over and over again. Yeah, that's I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the head and not the tail, you know. I'm the head and not the tail. Well, that and, and just make sure you don't forget that. And thou, if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy that's God. That's going to help, yeah. 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 Well, they go together. It's, a, it's actually the same verse. So, so the last verse, Ryan, in closing is, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words, and it goes on, but that's the closing of the, of the blessings. Yeah. That's it, you know. I mean, 14 verses. That's all you get. And now we're going to go ready to go into a horror show. 
You know, what's interesting is I think some people are motivated by positive reinforcement. And I think there's a measure of positive reinforcement that is necessary for everyone because you don't want to just keep, you know, you know, eating crow all the time or, you know, just dealing with, you know, negativity. But people are definitely, and this is just statistically true, more motivated by negative consequences or fear. And so people will, man, they'll get up and move for fear. They'll, you know, fight for fear. That's right. You'll, you'll find no toilet paper on the shelves. Right. Exactly right. So so the fact that we have so many more curses is just God understanding. Because when it's bad, it's nature. really bad. Yeah. But when it's good, it can be simple and easy. Yeah. I like it when it's good. I do. So what will come upon the children of Israel if they do not listen to the voice of the Lord and keep his commandments? All these curses, which, of course, are consequences of choosing bad. Yeah, I don't, not good. We should learn from that. Yeah, and so it starts out with the heaven. Well, it doesn't start out this way, but one of the main ones is the heaven will be like brass and the earth like iron if the children of Israel are disobedient. Phew, that's Man, sad. It is. Well, think about it. So that nothing's going to grow for you. It's not going to rain. Nothing makes it to the third heaven. Right? Your prayers go up and they go bing and they hit the sea and they come dropping right back down. That's tough, man. That's real tough. And wow. so, so chapter 28, verse 30 says, Thou shalt betroth the wife, and another man shall lie with her. That's rotten. Thou shalt build That's a house, a bad chick flick. and thou shalt not dwell therein. Oh. Thou shalt plant a vineyard, and shalt not gather the grapes thereof. And just think about how you are right now. They're just picking the heck out of those grapes, man. You know, whew. when uh, one of the blessings for um, Shabbat or for Havdalah, is, it comes from... I think it's Psalm 128, and it talks about, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord, right? That he'll, his wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of his home, and his children like olive plants all around his table. And so it's just one of those things that these are blessings, right? Having children, having a wife, having a, you know, a vineyard, things that produce on your behalf every year. All of these things are blessings, Having a home, right? That you've you've you know, um, that's right. Bought Don't or, take it for or, granted. Or built, but man, this is that would be tough, man, to to deal with those things. So if the children of Israel were disobedient, a sore botch that cannot be healed was going to appear from the sole of the foot to the top of the head. I've had a staph infection before. Boil. I've, I've had a boil. Painful. Oh man, it's no fun. It is painful. Yeah, I, and and shingles. Oh. If it comes from within and you have like multiple ones pop up, like they come, oh, oh it's no. Mm-mm. And what was Job covered with? Remember? Yeah, it was boils, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no good. All right, so in their disobedience, the locust would consume the crops after they were planted. Man, that's got to be frustrating because you know those of you that have done gardening or farming, you you probably know that it takes a lot of work to get everything out there and set up, and then for something else to come in. And, and reap your harvest? You know, uh, you get a bunch of locusts in an area, they, they can ravage everything, just eat everything up. You know, it's been documented that a swarm of locusts came into, uh, I think it was in the Midwest some time ago, and came into a, an area and uh, totally ate all the fabric off the trampoline. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing left but the metal. Yeah, well, there was um, in... Imagine that. In just, it just ate up the trampoline. All that's left was the metal. Saudi Arabia and Mecca got hit a few years back with a giant... Right now they're dealing with locusts, locusts yeah. Ryan. Yeah, again? 
There's locusts in North Africa, Northeast Africa right wow. now. Yeah, they, they haven't come to Israel, thank God. But yeah, that's yeah, public records. All right, so um, chapter 28, verse 45 says this, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee. It sounds pretty clear. I mean, stick with God's ways and things are going to be better for you. Amen. And we can testify to all this. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely, you know, um, examples of these things happening throughout. I just highlighted some of the bad ones. Yeah. So the Lord promised to bring a nation from far away to destroy his people if they were disobedient. That's the... uh a nation shall Chaldeans, judge nation. Yeah. Bab- Babylon, Babylonians. Also, the Romans came and, from afar. And the Assyrians. The Assyrians. Yeah. So, came all the way up to uh, to the time of Hezekiah. Yep. So, the children of Israel would have to eat their own sons and daughters if surrounded by their enemies. This has been documented on two occasions when both temples were destroyed, right? Even through Josephus in 70 AD, he, he documented it, that, that that's what was going on. When they, when they seize a city, nobody can go in, nobody can go out. And then there's no resources. No good. Israel's disobedience could bring every kind of sickness and plague upon them. So does Corona got your attention? It's got everybody's attention. Oh, yeah. It's worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide pandemic. Yeah, it's insane. Absolutely insane. So here's what verse 64 says. It says, The Lord shall scatter thee among all people, from one end of the earth even unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods, which thou Neither thou, uh, which which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone, and so, um, you know wow. the the curse of turning away from God's commands is it's not good that you're going to get scattered amongst you know, the nations. And I want everybody to understand something: the Jews for Jesus movement happened in the early '70s, late '60s. The Jesus movement, Jews for Jesus, Jews became believers in Yeshua, and they wanted to practice their faith on the Shabbat and the feast days and all these things. But, of course, they wanted to have the New Testament and do all these other things. Uh, some of it is even um, tradition. But the bottom line is that on the heels of that came the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith movement. Now the Gentiles are coming alive, and they're wanting the Torah, and it's being downloaded to their minds and hearts. But yet they're not Jews. And so what you're seeing is two different factions here, two different movements, of course, that are still have a commonality, but for some reason haven't quite come together because of this division, this enmity between the two, for whatever reason. But it's okay, because we're shooting for the Jews of Israel right now. They're coming to us. We're making relationships with them, and that is what is so exciting. you know. And as I share this, I want you all to understand that uh, uh, this is really, really what's happening. So if we don't have Jews in our life, how can the whole house of Israel be restored? You know, we push evangelism and witnessing okay that's fine but you witness by your life oh yeah you know you 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 don't have to you don't even have to say words to be a witness you know your actions speak louder than words well the great commission is go and make disciples that's right so so i think there's a lot of cool things happening in the earth today uh to say the least and great will be the day of jezreel you know i just got done doing a teaching on the book of hosea and the great return for 2020 yep uh and you you can see catch that later but uh on youtube but anyway God is gathering. He's not scattering. And so it's very important that we, we take this very, very serious because now we're going to go into uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 1 through 9. It's titled Covenant Renewal. 
So, Ryan, what two things did not wear out while the children of Israel were in the wilderness? Their clothes and their shoes. Man, I'll tell you what. I got seven kids, and if Josiah gets an outfit and he outgrows it, boom, it goes down to Nehemiah, to Micah, and it's like new. Think about it. It's like new. Think how much money you could save. Oh, that's pretty sweet. shoes. Oh, yeah, it's sweet. Oh, brand new shoes? Josiah says, my... so basically Josiah would get all new stuff. <laughs> it would go down the line. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hadassah, my oldest daughter, would get everything because Josiah is going to be he's 19 but my daughter is 13 Hadassah so she's got you know Adea Briella and Eva and then another daughter coming but so Hadassah's clothes would go down but they'd be like new yeah hand-me-downs they wouldn't be hand-me-downs they'd be like nice and then the shoes part of it that's the coolest thing so so both Josiah and Hadassah would all get new stuff and that would just be handed down like it was new that's incredible that is incredible so who were the two kings killed by the children of Israel east of the Jordan? King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan. Listen, let me encourage some of you that are a little downtrodden right now, and you're listening to this podcast. Hear me out. Yeah. Okay. There's some sorrow in the night. There's some troubles. But joy comes in the morning. I'll tell you. I had to go through this detox, and I couldn't wait for morning to come because I needed me some joy. But it took a few days, but I came out of it. But I'll tell you what. I want to encourage all of you that are listening to this. Let's slay the giants on this side of the promised land. The ones that are in your personal life and around you. Let's slay those giants because there's giants in the land. And that's what Israel had to do. They had to slay the giants before going into the promised land. You know, and that's why uh, little David could, could, could slay Goliath the giant because he had already killed the lion and the bear. So prove yourself today and you'll make it tomorrow. So what do you think about that, Ryan? Um, I mean, I think that... It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And if you really concentrate on yourself and do the little circle around your head, oh yeah, then you're going to be a better person. That's so, right. so what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Kitavo when you enter Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse one, all the way through chapter 29 in verse nine. Ryan, what do you think? So first and foremost, I would say that obedience brings blessing. Ooh, that's good. And I, I think this is a simple concept, and I want to be very clear, though, about something. I know that there are people out there that will say that it's heresy to believe that there is blessing and obedience because it takes away from the work of the cross. And I want to just say that that's hogwash. Justification versus sanctification. Well, we don't preach works-based salvation. We don't preach that you have to do something in order to receive salvation. <sighs> You have to receive something in order to receive salvation. It is a free gift. Everybody gets that. What we preach is salvation-based works, okay? Now that you are in Yeshua, you are a new creation. He is a king with a kingdom. And if you are a citizen of this kingdom, then you are going to be a willing and active participant in doing things the way that he has called you to do them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. So be it. And so obedience brings blessing. Is it the only way for you to receive blessing? No, obviously not. But it is a surefire way to guarantee blessing in your life because God is a father. And just like every other father on the planet who loves his children, I think present company included, when our children are obedient, that just makes us want to bless them, right? It just drives something inside of us. So I want to just push that point because there are blessings and cursings listed here. And one of the other pieces of my number two was that the curses that are listed in the law 
Um, and this is kind of twofold. The curses that are listed in the law are there because much of it is intrinsic within your sin. Sin is a curse. Sin in and of itself is a curse. It's not the law that curses you, right? It's breaking the law that curses you. And so with that being said, Yeshua took on the curse that is rightfully meant for you. That's what was nailed to the cross, the charges. Correct. The punishment, right? So the, the, the ordinances that were against you that said, hey, you had done this you know, act and broken this law and here's your punishment that is going to be met out on you. It was not met out on you. It was put on Yeshua as your propitiation, as your substitute. And because of that, you have life and life abundantly. Amen? That's good. You know, you made, made two good points. The one point I would like to make is you should live your life as a journey towards the promised land. Ooh, I like it. You should live your life as a journey towards the promised land. Uh, we're actually excited to be building some bridges over with Hayovel and the promised land uh, as soon as travel restrictions lift and everything of sending uh, our good witnesses over to Hayovel uh, to have a year-round occupancy or whatever. But they're doing a great work right now over there with their uh, those volunteers that came out of quarantine from the nations are going to be there for some time working the uh, harvest. And it's going to be good to see a tally. If you get a chance, go to Hayovel's Facebook page and you'll see a daily video of the harvest. Incredible prophecies are coming to pass, you know. And I just want to remind everyone also, as we look at the book of Hosea, there's an interesting prophecy here that says this. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens and they shall hear the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Now that's Hosea 2, verses 21 through 23. What are you saying, Pastor So listen, God tells the heavens who tells the earth to bring forth, okay, to bring forth the wine, okay, you've got the harvest, the vineyards, the oil, okay, the olives, and they shall hear Jezreel. And this is what's happening in the earth today. Great will be the day of Jezreel. Jezreel is being awakened. It means God will scatter, God will sow. That's what Jezreel means. And he's the legitimate child in the last days. And he is being awakened. We're talking about being woke, which is not good. <laughs> but we're talking about being awakened to this fact. And it's interesting that we have the kingdom of God. We have his constitution. We have the Torah in our minds and our hearts. We are grafted into the olive tree and Yeshua is the root. And now we see this looting and protesting and injustice for injustice, exchanging evil for evil for justice, they call that. And it's wrong. It's totally wrong. But once again, God is creating circumstances in the earth to get to his children, Pastor Nick is out. Is that where you drop the mic? Out. Out. <laughs> All right. Done. Stick a fork in me. Kitavo, folks. What an awesome tour portion this has been. Um, just remember the announcements from the beginning. If you want to reach out to me, uh, it's Ryan at twopraise.net. Ryan at twopraise.net. Uh, remember on the 8th at 4 p.m., we have Larry Miller's um, memorial service on the 12th. Uh, coming up, we have Lars and Narsen speaking at our Shabbat service. And don't forget, you can live stream that service and all of our Shabbat services uh, through any of our social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, 
uh, Facebook, uh, and even on our website at topraise.net uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sabbath. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.